0: Evropa Rogues Live from Bulgaria
1: Listen to Europa Rogues Live from Bulgaria.
2: You're listening to Rogues with me, Maxim. And me, Martin, again. On Radio NOPE Nope again. Radio NOPE again. Tonight we have a very special show. It is dedicated to post-rock. Yeah, tonight, EvropaRogues on Radio NOPE will be delving into the depths of the European post-rock scene, which is drowned in delay, reverb and melodrama. But also amazing bands and people. One of them is our guest tonight and his name is Peter, he's from the label Elusive Sound. He's the co-owner and AR agent, but we'll talk about him a little bit later. AR agent. Yes, artist and repertoire, scout, sorry. I just learned something new. Artist and repertoire. He takes, like, he is in charge of picking the bands that are assigned to his label. Okay, it's a term. We started the show with a Russian band They're called The Grand Astoria The song was called The Tour Diary And it's from their concept EP The Fuzz of Destiny I really like the whole record Because there's 8 songs on it And each song is dedicated to a different fuzz pedal Like, a different fuzz pedal is used for each song But uh, this is the technical part but Are the songs mean the lyrics about the first pedals no no they're just about uh, I guess being in a band
3: just like an additional info to the album
2: yeah so this was the song Tour Diary Uh, it's the third uh, track and the pedal that it was used was the Gaia Tone TZ2 for all the gearheads that are listening and uh, Gaia Tone TZ2 yes this is the actual fuzz that was used on their song I discovered them last week. Uh, I was at the Epress and Sequan acquisition show—the one a- that I missed. Yes, you kind of, yeah, you kind of missed out. It wasn't like the like the best show ever, but it was like pretty good. You mean I've been to worse? You have been definitely. You definitely have been to worse. Okay, then.
4: What up? What? Up?
2: Another, another thing that was uh, pretty interesting, and I discovered it today, was uh, Fenris from Dark Thrones mixtape that he did for The Wire. I guess everybody expected old-school black metal when... <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the thing that he thought, uh, he told The Wire was very interesting. I deem it my... I will try to do a Norwegian accent. No, I won't. Uh I, d- I deem it my most important communication with the world so far, this mix. Fenris emails. It shows heaps of what I'm into that people just don't know and they just assume and pigeonhole. Because there is a lot of like Turkish stuff in there, like a lot of Greek stuff, a lot of like early Turkish psychedelia.
3: Yes, I I heard some part of it by the part of the Turkish psychedelia. Then I had to come here. Uh, I saw a movie about uh, Norwegian black metal uh, recently. I think I've seen it before. No, Fenris was all sorry and apologizing for all the mess. (laughs) He he was was apologizing. (laughs) I think so. He 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 wasn't. He was feeling like something went wrong at some point. I mean, probably with black metal. I mean, uh, one part it was the killings. I mean, in Norway, one part was uh, all the uh, you know anarchistic stuff like. burning churches etc but but um they they said that the the turning point for their scene was that when uh Keren wrote a huge article on that and they were blaming them for actually doing something wrong and not praising them
2: for being karen was uh, like, like blaming them for like burning churches and being and,
3: and i i don't know probably metal was fuck yeah i guess so and uh, a lot of people turned, and that into actually into
2: made that actually made black metal cool. This article exactly. by Karen, like and when you say when you tell a metal head don't do something and they, and like they do it, and <laughs> they do it like, and, and be a respectable metal, member of society. Exactly, never get a job.
3: Black metal uh, became so uh, popular that uh, people were worldwide, so many people worldwide were listening to it at some point that uh, actually. It at least uh, Fendris and the other, the rest that were speaking, say that actually people got the wrong idea.
2: <laughs> All right, and it was very set. From Norway, we're going to move on to Russia, where it's uh, a lot colder and a lot more depressing, I think. Uh, this next band is a testament to that. Uh, it there is a Russian band called Ill, which literally means sludge in Russian, and the song is called Leshi which means uh, forest. It's a uh, like uh, from Slavic folklore. It's a forest spirit that lives in a forest. And another name of this god is Boruta or Borevit from the Slavic word Bor, which is for pine tree for all the people that don't know that. And I guess before Americans invented Smokey the bear, we had mischievous forest spirits here in the old continent. Uh, the album, it was mixed by Mikhail Kurochkin, who will have a role in a lot of what we're playing here tonight. I'll just quote a little bit of the lyrics from Leshi To celebrate this hour quenches, the days here and now, a silhouette above the forest, a giant's handful. I think this speaks for itself.
3: Was that a... Uh, you just translated
2: it? Yeah, I translated it. It's in Russian. I think in I don't know Russian, but I'll try to read it. С вас эта час напутит нас. Эта день здесь, и сейчас свет ваши свет ваши лесов испанские горст. Could be, could be. Okay, let's hear i with Leshi" from Russia. Absolutely not bad.
3: On Evroporogs on Radio No. All right. Uh, I want you to play a song by this trio. This trio from Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, uh, It's a song from their latest album. It just came out. It's called... um, The band is called Godzilla. Lovely name.
2: I imagine carrying it in a bag with me on the metro. Uh, I
3: imagine uh, Godzilla, you know... That's a, and that's <laughs> <into> <laughs> <Smoker> a smoking
2: pipe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and, uh, I won't uh, interrupt you anymore because we don't have time and we need to call our. It's guests. a
3: song. It's a song from their l- latest album. I don't think they have more than two or, t- or three releases. Full length, probably just two. It's, uh, it's it just came out, I think, last month or this. Doesn't matter. Uh, the album is called Hypnopolis, and the song is called "Boom a Smoke Trash a Car." And it's an interesting uh, mix of Doom, Sludge and, wait for it, Surf at some point, (inaudible) probably
2: because... (inaudible) (inaudible) Yeah,
3: that's because in their previous albums, they they were playing uh, more Surf, Garage Rock stuff. And this album is really different. Every song is different from any of the rest. so many different influences sound so interesting when you. But I listen. heard
2: some of the uh, rest of the the record. It's like really fucking heavy, and they they kind of combine all of the all of those genres really well. They don't. It's nothing. Uh,
3: it's one of those albums when where people mix different genres, and and it still sounds like the same band. It, it not
2: like scattered stuff. It's not like adding an ethno-instrument int- into a metal <laughs> band and calling it ethno-metal. For example, it... it they kind of incorporate I'm, the I'm, styles I'm, within the actual music writing, which is like something that I, I like. But when you mix two genres together, like you mix opera singing with metal, like it sounds like fucking shit.
3: They're more or less, they, they mix different styles of, of genre rock. Not like, yeah, Gucciou do it
2: great. Gucciou is fucking amazing. You should listen to them.
3: Uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry that we can listen just to one song because it, it, that wouldn't show how diverse the album is. The album is, but okay, anyway, it's a in, it, there's an interesting story, you know. Every artist is prob- that that probably says they are young. What they did, they uh, released their um, some, what was it, some EP, I think. Uh, on a limited just one song on unlimited floppy disks 19 copies so a floppy disk as far as i remember had like one megabyte and 30 something 1.2 or 1.3 G. yeah and so it's <laughs> imagine the quality and uh, anyway, anyway uh, here's Gucci with boomer smoke trash a car
0: Dear passengers, welcome to Europa Rogues Airlines. You have just boarded flight 420, flying to Berlin, Sofia, Budapest, Paris, London, Prague, Pomorie, and many more. The flight includes beverages and the best in European underground music. Prepare for takeoff from the heart of the Balkans with Europa Rogues on Radio Nope.
2: Hello, you're listening to Europa Rogues on Radio Nope, and it's fucking guest time. I'm really excited. Uh, but before I announce the guest, I would like to ask anyone who's listening to join us in the chat room at radionope.com. This is dot com. So we can chat, and if you want to ask any questions, with uh, ask any questions for. If you have any questions for our guests, just visit the chat page over there. So, the person that we have on the line is called Peter Pires, and uh, he's the co-owner and head of uh, a for the Swiss-based label called Elusive Sound, uh, which is dedicated to supporting bands in creating musical artifacts in which the design and the musical aesthetics complement each other in such a cohesive way that releases themselves become a piece of art. In short, Elusive Sound is basically every post-rock vinyl junkie's wet dream. So tonight we will showcase their most recent and notable work. Hello Peter, can you hear me? Hello Peter? Peter? Are you on the line? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Hello? Okay, perfect. How how's the weather in Lisbon? Can you hear me now? Okay. Just let me try one more thing. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Hello Peter, alright, I guess we'll move on to the first song, which is Blankenberghe, Out Loud, and we'll come back to Peter to see if we can resolve the technical difficulty. Hear me now.
1: Yeah, I can hear you fine.
2: All right, all right. I'm just going to stop. This is I hate doing this, but those are the risks of the
1: live feed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, great. We have you on the phone. All yeah. right. So again, this is Peter Pires, co-owner and head of ANR of the Swiss-based label elusive Sound. Uh, we heard a little bit of Blankenbergia with their song Out Loud from their album Radio Gaze, but we'll hear the full song, I promise. So, Peter, what's the weather in
0: Lisbon?
1: Well, actually, it was supposed to be raining today, but we got the last day of radiant sunshine, and uh, I actually was on the beach in the afternoon. <laughs> Does that make you guys jealous?
2: Yeah, but uh, Martin was Martin was at the beach too. Yeah, really? I, yeah. I
3: was at the I, beach today. Also earlier, it was uh, it was possible to go for a swim too. So we're not jealous.
1: <laughs> I thought you'd be freezing out there.
2: No, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, we had the Sofia Marathon today, but we'll extend uh, like uh, we'll share a pleasant trips some other time. Let's get right to the questions because we wasted enough time already. So. Okay. I you are uh, the co-owner of uh, Elusive Sound, which uh, deals exclusively, not exclusively, but mainly in instrumental music. Some people Ooh. like to call it post-rock. So, some well, people call it post-rock. Uh, but you share the responsibilities with uh, Remo Albrecht and Philippe Allenbach. Exactly. Uh, so, there's always uh, this cliche about, uh, like that labels try to perpetuate I've seen it like numerous times. So, when uh, somebody says, Oh, this label is a family, we're a family, blah blah blah, and then the label ends up uh, like taking the band's money <laughs> and uh, the family is <laughs> over. So, well, uh, I wanted elusive to.
1: The sound is, is not just us three. I mean, it's, it's really. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're this... at I'm sorry. Accord, this... you know? but, I wanted to but finish a... the question.
2: Uh, yeah. So. How do you exactly get like, the bands on your roster to help you and like, help each other out?
1: Because we're, we're based on, on, on passion and love of music. We, we, we love the music of our artists and we believe in them and, and they believe in us. And, and uh, we're, uh, Elusive Sound is based also on friendship you know, and trust and transparency and wanting the best for, for, for our artists and, and our artists. You know, they 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 believe in what we want to do, and and they help us. You know, there's constant communication between everyone. Uh, I mean, I, I'm even with our Russian artists. Uh, I'm I speak to them like every week via VK, which is what they use in Eastern Europe. And uh, yeah, so there's constant communication, constant planning, constant discussion every single matter with me based on, on the music side of things and with Philippe and, and, and Remo based around you know art direction manufacturing and, and, and financial aspects and, and, and these things
2: So you kind of answered my next question uh, with all of the parts of elusive sounds scatter all across Europe we, which the concept of our show totally uh, celebrates and uh, supports. Uh, How often do you meet in person with the bands and like uh, your friends that run the label together?
1: Well, actually, we've never actually met in in person, I mean... This is amazing. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) well, it's modern times, you know. But like, well, about two weeks ago, I I met uh, the vocalist of um, Au Revoir, who was in in Lisbon. But I've never actually met the guys from (laughs) Filippo Remo in person. You know, it's bound to happen eventually, you know. But, but we, we, and we when did you start the label? When did you start? Uh, it was, it's uh, two years ago, two years ago now. Yeah.
2: Two years ago, and you haven't met the guys that you share a label with and have done <laughs> like what number of releases?
1: Well, uh, uh, vinyl releases now are going to be, well, I think it's our fourth. Your yeah. fourth. All right. Yeah, but what like did... uh, eight bands on the roster. So, like, spread in Europe and in in the U.S.
2: And now, to me, this is amazing because, like, running a label just over the Internet and, uh, like, everybody probably in the label has uh, different responsibilities regarding shipping and design and whatever. Uh, But uh, the fact that you make it work without ever uh, meeting is great because uh, usually uh, the way that we have used to get uh, labels and bands and whatever is uh, out. They grow out of uh, one certain community. They meet. They become friends, and then they start doing something. And uh, like you found your interests uh, separately and found your, uh, like uh, each other online and did it, and which is great. So,
1: well, but it started on friendship as well, you know. But online friends, which is you know sign of the times, you know. And and we we speak every single day, like constantly during the day and uh and you know and of course via skype uh, quite often uh not only for for meetings but uh, for 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 things completely not not to do with elusive sound as well so so it, it's based on friendship as well friendship and audacity to to fuel your dreams and to make things happen to take matters into your own hands and 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 you know make the music you love survive and and fight this like uh struggling uh, market that we have with the devaluation of music and and the decline in physical sales and make people try to try to get people to embrace the physical format again and you know by blowing their expectations out of water and and, uh, producing really incredible music that that can have like a really long lifespan
2: okay so my last question before we hear Blankenberger is why do you think Russian bands seem to be? Why, why are Russian bands so good at like post rock? I have a theory that uh, the it, it reminds them uh, it reminds me of like the most uh, commonly uh, used musical trope is uh, the guitar like the guitar solo with the delay that uh, like punches the sixteen notes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it kind of uh, reminds me of the Balalaika, Bala or the the way that you play the Balalaika, so kind of, I guess it translates into post-rock. <laughs> For <laughs> yeah, but, I- but Martin pointed out really well that uh, it also, uh, like, uh, the buzuki has the same uh, style of playing, and uh, which instrument also? Buzuki comes out from, I think it's... Uh...
4: It's Greek, but, uh, but what other but the first
3: one is SAS, which is Turkish, and I guess they're earlier instruments and also yeah. earlier similar sounding songs.
1: Well, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly why they're, they're, they're like so great, but I think, in part, I mean, if I base it on my artists, uh, you know, show me a dinosaur, Trena Blankenberger. I mean, they rehearse a lot. I mean, they, these guys really work, really, really, really hard and regularly. You know, and they're all really ambitious, and and uh, they, they don't sit, cut corners. They don't like uh, settle for something which is not exactly perfect. They're always trying to, like, you know, break down that last barrier and 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 be different, be themselves, you know, and be more than they what they are now. So there's this constant desire for evolution. And that's why I wanted to work with them, you know, that's why we were, the three of us were like so damn excited and like, as soon as we heard these these bands, it was like, these guys really cut it, they, 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 they mean business, they, they, they kill it every single time. You know?
2: Awesome. Okay, uh, you mentioned Blankenberg, which are the latest addition to the Elusive Sound team. Uh, yeah. it's your third band from St. Petersburg, uh, and they're doing some kind of shoegazy dream pop drone rock thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned that, um, uh, this is the only other band that has like constant vocals except for the scream on Au Revoir and Dinosaur. Uh, yeah. and radio, uh, you had Radio Gaze, uh, the album, which we're going to hear out loud from. Uh, completely remastered. Uh, yeah, for, for the vinyl release. For the vinyl for release, and uh, that soon, blankenberger will also release a, a live version of the album through Elusive yeah, Sound. Yeah, exactly.
1: They're, they're going to release uh, Radio Guys Live uh, digitally on Bandcamp, um, and there'll also be a video for that, uh, which I've actually uh, seen a few unfinished cuts, and it's. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. And, uh, but, see, like for the whole it. show?
2: We'll have the whole show.
1: For the whole show,
2: yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's hear Blankenberger with Out Loud from their album Radio Gaze, and we'll hear the full song because I think we're done with the technical difficulties for now. For now. All right. <laughs> You're listening to Evropa Rogues on Radio NOPE. Uh, here with us is Peter Pires from Elusive Sound, the label that brought you the h- song that we heard from Blankenberge with their song Out Loud. Peter. Hey. You have uh, Brayden Brennitzer, I'm sorry, uh, he says Braden hi. Brinitza. Yeah, Braden Brennitzer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's saying that he's just tuning in and supporting the label at the RadioNope.com chat thing, which people can find at RadioNope.com. Uh, he doesn't have any questions. He says that he's just enjoying his Sunday morning in California, <laughs> so somewhere in the world it's morning. Alright, uh, your accent is definitely not European, so how? why did you move from Australia to Europe to start a label? And promote God, Russian yeah, artists? I
1: didn't move to start a label. Yeah, I know. I'm- <laughs> family reasons a long time ago the label uh the label came a long time after that
4: <laughs> yeah no. i
1: know
2: i was i was just joking <laughs> uh so when you uh let's get down to the real questions the real questions okay. that uh probably interest me and a bunch of uh unsigned musicians hmm. so what's up uh, it's very interesting to me, what's the profile of a band that you're looking for when you sign it? Uh, like if you can name like three qualities that uh, a band should possess before they try to approach you. So it will save the time. It will, it will save your time not to like go through a million demos of, uh, bands that of like single, uh, yeah. home musicians that just discovered the delay pedal, send you tracks. What? Should the elusive sound band possess
1: songwriting and arrangement? They gotta really excel at songwriting and arrangement, and they gotta have kind of their own. They, I, I, we don't want you know copycats. We don't want stuff that sounds like other bands. We want guys who uh, you know, guys and girls, musicians who are really like uh, you know trying to to to, to push themselves into creating their own sound and their own thing, you know. But the arrangements and, and the songwriting have to be incredibly strong. And then production is something we can work on together. But they have to have clear ideas. But additionally, there's another very important factor, or two. One, the three of us have to love them. We have to be in love with their music, Or each, not just me or, or Remo or Philip. The three of us have to agree on it. Uh, and and the other one is is we we have to feel that we can work with them you know that there's a good uh, a good chance for a, a great relationship there you know
2: well does that, does yeah that this, was, uh, this was this was pretty exhaustive uh, it kind of uh, left me listening without thinking of a, a follow-up question to that uh, <laughs> The next one is uh, like uh, I'm in the beginning of the show uh, where we were listening to the band Ill from Russia. Uh, mm-hmm. The name uh, Mikhail Kurochkin popped out. Uh, yeah, he Michel- he, mi- he mixed uh, that Ill record, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I've seen and uh, a lot a lot from the info that you sent me that he has been like mixing or mastering a lot of the stuff that has been coming out of uh, elusive sound. So this guy seems to be like pretty much in the middle of uh, kind of a, an invigorated metal scene over there and rock scene in Russia.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. Uh, uh, he, he's one of the best engineers I've, I've heard in a very long time and uh, he's not that well known outside Russia, of course, but um, he's able to really capture a, band, a band's live feel and, uh, and bring out, you know, an expansive, like, uh, sound, but also, like, you know, like, really getting a really good bottom end and top end and really balanced mix. Uh, yeah, and he understands me. Uh, he understands that, he understands what the the, the label's uh, sonic aesthetic uh, is and, and, and ambitions in terms of production, and, and he's easy to communicate. And you know, I don't have to say very much, and he seems to 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 know exactly exactly what we're going after, you know. And uh, and he works really well with the artists. I mean, they feel really comfortable with him. Um, yeah, so. Him and, and Randy Cordner in the US are, are two guys that they're kind of like elusive sound team, you know, in terms of the engineering aspect. And, um, and we talk a lot, uh, you know, post-production and details and, and what have you. And yeah, I really trust them to, to always bring the best out in the band. You know?
2: So uh, do you have any like musical experience yourself, like as, in playing in bands? Like where did, where did you get... Uh, because uh, we met, I don't know. I just actually forgot how uh, how we met. I remember writing you about uh, about one of my bands, and uh, we just kind of uh, ended up talking a lot. Uh, ended up talking a lot on Facebook, but uh, like uh, you 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 have uh, like so much. Uh, uh, this impressed me a lot. You have so much. Uh, um, musical insight into what you're doing, which is not very regular for people who run re- labels. They kind of tend to uh, focus more on the business side, at least uh, the people that I have, I've had experience with. So, where did you like learn to understand musicians so well?
1: Well, I was a musician for a very long time, and uh, well, for 10 years and in London and in other. In other cities, and uh, and I had to stop for for, for medical reasons, what, um, and um, and then I and then I studied, uh, took a postgraduate in sound engineering and post production, and uh, I worked a few years on in sound engineering as well. Um, so it comes from that, really. Yeah, and it, it, and really, it really
2: it really it really shows, and the way in the way that the, you talk about music, like you you're really putting. Uh, and from what I've heard on uh, the elusive sound records, like you're really putting, and the guys and the whole team are really putting a kind of artistry and uh, like love for music uh, beyond uh, the the bottom line, which is uh, very rare these days.
1: Well, Remo uh, Remo is basically art direction and product design, and he works really carefully both with the musicians and also the other artists, the visual artists in order to, to you know really create something which is cohesive with the music and the concept and 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 fantastic, like really wonderful products for people to, to hold in their hands and and, and and you know and cherish, you know? And um, yeah and Philip does the same with, with customer service and, and with the entire manufacturing process, making sure that we get the best materials and and that we can try to, you know, Meet schedules and, and what have you. But there's a real passion, um, you know, with, with the
2: entire process. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, we have uh, a comment here on the Radionove.com chat line. The Outsider Music says, "Elusive Sound is one of the best labels out there." Big hug to my bro Peter. I guess this show is turning out like uh, into is turning into a giant commercial, Peter, for your <laughs> label. Uh, the the outsider music also has a question, and it's uh, what is your dream band to sign, to sign. Uh,
1: the dream band to sign? Oh my god! I'm, I'm well, going to I'm going to, this,
2: uh, I'm going to make this I'm going to make this even a little bit harder. So, mm. what is your dream band to sign, and which record uh, you wish you had released through Elusive Sound?
1: Um, but that that's an easy one. Well. We we signed a a dream band, when we signed uh, Silent Well Becomes a Dream um, which was a band that we were in love with for many years and and actually when we were conceptualizing the label, their aesthetic was very much a blueprint uh, to that. So the the chance to work with them was was really a dream come true. in terms of an, an, an album that we wish we would have released uh or ba- a band that we wish we could sign a, well there's a band that no, there is no that's no longer with us unfortunately um but yeah i would have loved to have re- released uh F. report uh Galevka and, and and the guys as well we were the three of us really love uh espatoria report and and uh yeah but they're they're no longer around
2: Okay. Uh, you'll send me a link and I'll put it into the description so people can get that a little bit later. So we're uh, moving through. Uh, the next song we're going to hear is uh, Show Me a Dinosaur with uh, their song Gone from their album Show, show Me a Dinosaur. I think uh, Martin wants to say a couple of words since he promoted the Show Me a Dinosaur sh- show here in Sofia.
1: Oh, thanks, Martin. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I'll, I'll leave you with him for just a second. Okay. Oh, uh, what
3: made a good impression to me while they, while the guys, uh, the guys visited Sofia was that uh, they were prepared for anything that could happen on the road. I mean, they were prepared for not be paid for anything, and yeah. ju- they just wanted to play anywhere possible. It, it wasn't yeah. just a de- some kind of a deal with some. Buddy. I don't know if that happened, that happened before you guys met, but that, that
1: was that yeah, is my... I mean, yeah, Dinosaur and, and, and Trnav for that matter, they're real road warriors. and uh, Yeah, they're go-getters, they're real go-getters, you know. And we have the same in the US with Au Revoir. I mean, these guys will play anywhere.
3: Yeah, they were know? really determined and uh, just ready to face anything. Uh, parked their bus here, uh, went to the local music store, bought some bass strings, get, got on stage, made a sound check, played and uh, they, yeah, they... But
1: they... They love what they do, you know, there's real belief and desire and, and a sense of urgency in the music and, and that comes from their, their own character, you know.
3: Having in mind ah. their, their age, um, they were really professional and straightforward in anything they were doing by the time it was, I think, three years, two three years ago yeah yeah so that's that's what i just wanted to share let's think let's hear them Uh, with this uh, song gone show me a dinosaur
2: To on Radio Nope. Yes, you're listening to Avropa Rogues on Radio Nope, and with us we have Peter Pires from Elusive Sound. Uh, Bobo Chimp- Chimpan, one of the brains behind the Radio Nope operation, is turning out to be a huge elusive sound fan. Like he says he's really digging Show Me a Dinosaur, which we heard right now with uh, the song Gone. Uh, we have some exclusive news courtesy. Of Peter, about show me a dinosaur. Uh, their self-titled, sold-out album is going to be repressed with a new design, and um, copies will be will already be available at the Bergmal festival.
1: Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully.
2: Oh, hopefully. All right.
1: Yeah, this they, they will have to go through quality control upon arrival, and so if everything is is in a tip-top shape, then yeah, they'll be at Bergmall
2: uh, and where where's that festival I'm sorry I'm not very it's in, uh,
1: it's, it's in Zurich in oh. Switzerland
2: all right great. and uh those you're remixing those uh first two releases uh, again with Kurochkin, who plays bass in uh, the band right
1: what, in D- Dinosaur?
2: yeah
1: uh we no, they're remastering uh evolve ntp and uh, the dust album
2: uh-huh I see all right, so moving on...
1: and Karachkin is uh, remastering it, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. So moving on to the next question. Uh, how do you feel about all of those uh, YouTube channels that upload whole albums? Like especially for like Stoner Rock and for Post Rock. Is this a okay way to advertise music? And uh, like what's your favorite online medium to kind of discover new bands?
1: Well, a lot of those channels are are fans, you know, so on on the one hand, we've lost the press. I mean, the press don't give a damn about post-rock or post-metal or anything post-related, you know. But the fans do, and there are still fans out there, and they're spreading the music online. And so we can say, oh, well, the the label uh, YouTube channel doesn't have many subscribers, or, you know, there's the official video, and there's like five other... One picture, and videos up the same track, but but it, it's good to see people have a passion for the music and they're and they're sharing it with us. So I'm okay with it. I think it's a, a good thing. And what was the second question?
2: And uh, uh, no, uh, I agree with you, uh, but at some point uh, I just figure uh, that the the only uh, one making actual money out of the artists through, like, that scheme is Google, which kind of, uh, like, infuriates me. Uh,
1: Yeah, there's there's the monetization aspect and all of that, which is, yeah, it's frustrating for a lot of people, but, uh, I mean, most important thing, priority, is that the artist's music is heard and that it's spread around, you know, so if that means that you're not making so much or... Uh, on this or that. I mean, I don't really care. You know, just as long as the music gets heard and people enjoy it. That's, that's the number one thing.
2: And what's your favorite way of discovering music online? So you can give some tips to people who...
1: <laughs> oh, Bandcamp? Oh, Bandcamp. Band yeah, Bandcamp. And, uh, well, for me, mainly Bandcamp. Yeah.
2: But what do you do? Do you use the discover function? Do you like use, do you search for just new releases or how do you find new music? It's actually, uh-huh. it's, it's very surprising, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. it's very, it's very surprising uh, when you think of like how many music is released every day, you imagine that it would be like uh, gazillions, but actually yeah. isn't that much. If you uh, if you go through Bandcamp and if you suppose that like any self-respecting band is using Bandcamp to release their music, uh, you would see that the actual bands uh, aren't that much releasing new stuff.
1: Yeah, at least well for both stuff, there yeah. aren't that. New. For other genres, there's a there's a whole lot and and it changes year to year. Like uh, there's a whole lot of psych and. Uh, and a shoegaze and and what have you at the moment, um, and a lot of drone acts uh, at the moment as well. Um, yeah, but I do I do genre searches, not exactly post rock. You know, I just do genre searches that I'm into, and and eventually sometimes I find things I really like. You know, um, because you know it's not it's not a single genre that really defines elusive sound it's more it's the artists uh, all of our artists are like quite crossover i would say so you know there's a whole lot of other things in their music other than than your like standard post-rock kind of a, uh, approach and even if you go back to you know m- the actual definition of what post-rock is there's a whole lot of other other like subgenres and, and things that you can like throw in there you know so i i search everything from minimalists kind of like uh, music to to experimental and and other things and eventually i find bands i really like
2: so again you were so exhaustive that uh like i forgot to think of a follow-up follow-up question (laughs) to that one the the, the, the next band that we're going to hear is black so uh this question is concerning uh like how this band developed Black is B L A K, uh, yeah. and uh, it ma- it made an impression on me that like the black guys haven't played live. Yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yet yeah, They have, they have become uh, insanely popular online, exactly on those YouTube channels that we mentioned previously. And uh, yeah. I was going to ask you if you think if. Touring nowadays, like nowadays, touring is getting like even more expensive and uh, like there are a lot of people trying to book shows, the competition is stiff. Uh, Does a band really need to tour or could they develop the band through creating music and distributing it online? Because the first uh, thing that popped into my head when I realized that Black haven't played live was uh, think of God is an Astronaut. God is an Astronaut hadn't played live they had like uh, a lot of reviews through the, the blog network, like good reviews, and people mm-hmm. it then just uh, caught on. And they uh, started doing live shows afterwards, so it's, uh, this reminded me of Black. So what do you think? Does a band need to tour nowadays, or could they just do it like at home or, and distribute it online?
1: They don't have to tour. I mean, because it's difficult to tour—not only to organize it, but the actual touring. Touring is incredibly tiring, stressful. It's uh, normally you make a loss. It's very hard, you know, like to, to to make sure you don't lose money and to organize one. And and it's it takes a physical toll. So it goes from very exciting to please get me out of this place. When and where the hell am I? um very very quickly you know so everybody really has to have that mindset that that's what they want to do and if they do it i mean then it's then it's fantastic because eventually they're going to to get a lot more people following their music and buying their merchandise and and uh and you know and buying records you know so you they will eventually start making a profit and find it uh, increasingly easier to get booked um, but it's not for everyone, you know, especially when, when you have families and jobs and, 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 and all of that. It's an it's, it's incredible sacrifice to keep delaying your career and all of that because you want to tour. Um, so, should know, a, so should, a band,
2: should be a, a band be able to tour to be signed to Elusive mm-hmm. Sound Records? Is that a prerequisite?
1: No, all right. no not at all. Not at all. I mean, in fact, I mean, we have uh, two artists uh ravenna in in california and and also silent whale which when we signed them we we were under the impression that they would not tour at all and the same goes for black and the, the three of them have uh you know i know ravenna are talking about touring black is is going to perform at the am fest uh at the end of the month, and and they will be doing shows and and silent whale will also be doing uh, uh, booking shows for 2018 as well you know so th- th- this uh, desire to talk came after we signed them and when we did we thought they would not in fact at uh, all
2: all right so okay. we're going to hear black with uh, impression of an even deeper darkness uh, dash illusion from their album between darkness and light uh, Temples Drawn by the Blind is uh, my favorite track from the record, but you picked this one. Uh, yeah. Impression of an even deeper, darker place. Why? Why
1: Why, why did I pick it? Yeah. Because I, I love the insane uh, opening and because uh, I think you can find uh, all of the band's strengths in this track. You know, like uh, it's the track that uh, has every aspect of Black all in one on the album, but I love the entire album, of course.
2: Okay, great. Let's right. hear Black with the Impression of an Even Deeper Darkness dash Illusion. It's a dark, it's a long song title, but it's usual for post-rock bands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> impression of an Let's Even see. Deeper Darkness by Black, now. Live from Bulgaria. You're listening to Europa Rogues live from Bulgaria. Uh, here with me is Peter Pires from Elusive Sound. Peter. Hey. Hey. Still okay. Here? I'm still <laughs> checking. Uh, I have a like I have a phobia now. Uh, Brayden is actually writing that uh, he saw uh, Black using a Taishogoto and uh, Taisho, made him. Yeah. yeah uh, which is a Japanese string instrument. I wasn't acquainted with that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And he says that he has been inspired to pick one of those or some type of folk instrument for Ravenna's next album. Is Braden from Ravenna?
1: Yeah, he is. He's the guitarist. One of the guitarists.
2: Oh, so, okay. I see the, I see why Brayden was from California.
1: Yeah.
2: Alright, so... Uh, the next question we had a really nice personal chat in uh, while we were listening to black uh, But we're moving on with the more elusive sound based questions uh, You definitely promote music for patient people uh, So I don't know uh, The attention spans of people are getting shorter and shorter in terms of everything and it's kind mm-hmm. of uh, mm, really weird to have to try and release like 17 minute track songs in order to compete like with the uh, the three minutes and 30 seconds radio standard which is getting shorter i think
1: yeah it, it, it is in a way i mean but i mean we're no longer like stuck with those three minute limitations that we used to have on radio i mean public radio like normal radio won't even you know play posts. Uh, post kind of stuff, I mean, 90% of the time, you know, and we can't have that in, you know, and we can't take, be concerned with that, yes, nor we can, can we be, be concerned about, you know, compressing the hell out of the music so that it has more impact in, during three minutes uh, on radio, you know, we, we have to think about, you know, creating something which, which, you know, really feels grabbed, you know, and and without thinking that we have to compromise how long it should be and and uh, And how long it takes to To, to hit hard, you know, so I, I do pay attention for example I mean how long it takes an artist to make an impact on the track, you know, but I'm not looking at you know 15-20 seconds. I'm looking at uh, what happens within the first two minutes, you know, Um and and this is Lucid's music is about fueling your dreams, you know, so it, it's it's supposed to like surround you, like it's supposed to touch you, like uh, awaken your every sense, you know.
2: And you need um, and you need time to get like that thing going. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you, but Martin has a question.
3: Go ahead. No, it wasn't the question. I just wanted to add that uh, we've been here before. I mean, people who are listening on the radio especially really long playing music like the classical and jazz in the beginning of uh, radio in, in industry and and then the very own our <laughs> format radio format changed music and uh, made the, all these uh, short songs just to be able to play more and more on, on the radio so that there's more talking and to be more engaging for the audience so it's i mean the the wheel spins spins over
1: yeah, yeah and and you know like i personally i don't know about you guys but i personally love it's like if i'm really enjoying something i don't want it to end <laughs> i don't want it 3 minutes long
2: the, this is the you like
1: <laughs> like uh. when my guys say like oh we just recorded something it's like 17 minutes or 20 minutes and it was like yes thank you yeah you know?
2: Uh, we have a we have a very quick question from uh, the audience at the radio nope chat line which is at radionope.com. Uh, Zver is asking uh, nice to hear about the number one thing if uh, Peter, if you'd like to comment Peter uh, on the mm-hmm. thin line between working for profit and working with non-commercial bands uh, yeah. are, are you some are is anyone I, I think I know what the answer is going to be but uh, are you at any time, tempted to sign bands that are easier to sell, and actually, no. what are their basic criteria for take Oh, uh, you actually answered the the second part of the question. So, are you ever tempted,
1: just no, based on not the at sales? all? Uh, no, I, I'd love I'd love my artists to to do you know extremely well, but because they deserve it, and because we've achieved it together, you know, but. I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm, I'm concerned, you know, with making you know masterpieces, and and my partners feel exactly the same way. I mean, we want to make great records, you know, and we want to do it justice to them physically, you know, you know, with the vinyl formats, and uh, we want you know, music. We want to be, you know, responsible for putting music out there which has a chance to, to you know, to have a really long lifespan, you know. Um, we're not concerned about whether or not uh, they sell a hell of a lot of records but of course we have you know our financial limitations so if things don't, if we lose a lot of money then we're not going to be around. You know? So of course we got to like uh, recoup what we put in um, but the priority, the reason why we're in this is for, for art, you know it's for creating something great. and so, I don't really care or, uh, about the bottom line. People. All right. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, it, uh, I will have to ask you to be brief. Uh, I'm going to ask yeah. you our trademark question, the Europa Rogues trademark question, which we ask pretty much anyone. Uh, everyone that actually visits the show and uh, graces with their presence, even uh, through Skype. How do you compare European artists to US ones? How
1: do I compare it in which way?
2: uh in just in in a musical sense if you sense like if you've seen uh something present in uh european bands artistic output that is not present in the u s or vice versa or whatever like just the way that no uh, one band uh, one type of bands approaches uh like touring or whatever
1: well touring in the u s is very different than touring in europe um because, I mean, you're touring inside one, uh, a single country in comparison to, like, touring across multi, multiple countries, you know. Um, but in terms of the difference of, of between U.S. bands and European bands, I don't know, I mean, you've got, you've got like, uh, fantastic bands on, in the States as well, you know. but The thing is, uh, we, we labels over the years have bet a lot on, on U.S. bands, on U.K. bands, and to some extent on German bands and not very much on bands from other locations and uh and one of the things which has been great with uh you know supporting you know for example our russian bands and 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 black as well uh is that uh you know it's a chance to show that um you know there's pretty amazing music and elsewhere you know it's not all in the us and it's not all in the uk
2: Thank you very much, thank you very much for this and thank you very much for the chance to give us an exclusive premiere which we're going to announce right now. And this is going to be the end of our conversation. Uh, What we're going to hear next is Silent Whale Becomes a Dream, this is the name of the band, with Dies Irae Dies Ila, which means that that day is a day of wrath, from their upcoming album Requiem. This song hasn't been heard. At least, not uh, on record. It was heard live at the Vivitrop Post Rock Post-Rock Festival, and it uh, will come out hopefully this Christmas or the beginning of 2008. Uh, 2018 on Elusive Sound. Thank you very much for this, Peter.
1: Thanks for having me on the show, guys.
2: I think it was a wonderful conversation, and uh, you. Uh, people like you give me hope that uh, people should continue doing music uh, just for the chance to meet somebody who uh, treats music with uh, such passion and respect.
1: No, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.
2: So what we're going to hear is the 17-minute track uh, by Silent Well Becomes a Dream, Diazira et Dia from their upcoming album Requiem. Thank you again, Peter, and bye-bye. All
1: uh, Bye, guys.
4: Dude,
5: I'm totally like, you're a
0: No, you idiot! You're listening to Evropa Rocks on Radio Nope.
2: Of course, this is the sound of the Iron Curtain Blues And this, the Iron Curtain Blues, what is the Iron Curtain Blues, you ask? This is our song of the show, which is dedicated to the 60s and 70s underground scene in Europe. Um, Our topic tonight... Why did the harmonica stop? Just do it, like, far away from the mic. A little bit far away? Perfect. So, uh, our topic tonight was uh, the post-rock label Elusive Sound and Peter Pires, which we're internally grateful that... uh, Accepted our invitation, and in order to pay respect to the genre that inspired post-post rock, we turned to Krautrock, uh, a style that liberated Germany's rock scene from the influence of Britain and the U.S. And the band that we're going to showcase tonight is called Nosferatu. The band is not—it's named after the movie, but it's mostly uh, named after the impressionistic style of the movie, uh, not so much after vampires. And um, this band, the interesting thing about this band, it was produced by Connie Plank, uh, who is known for his work with Kraftwerk, Guru Guru, and many others. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, to other bands produced by Connie Plank, Nosferatu's musical career was very short-lived and uh, suffered uh, a lack of recognition by the larger public. Their only album, again, the harmonica stopped, Like, when gypsy orchestras stop playing at a wedding, people start, like, throwing rocks at them. On the (laughs) the third day. On the third day. If they stop playing on the third day, people start... We're not being racist. This actually happens in Bulgaria. Uh, The only album by Nosferatu was recorded um, as a prize from a band competition, and in the November 1970 edition uh, of the music magazine Sounds, those words were written in the 1970s, uh, the... The magazine Sounds reviewed the album, uh, saying that This Tony Hendrik production presents a new German pop group. It's a six-man band presenting extended song formats. Sophisticated instrumental arrangements are coupled with expressive vocal passages. Sound engineer Corny Plank has also got a finger in the pie, loosening up the music with sundry electronic distortions and reverberators. Uh, the song that we're going to hear from Nosferatu is called Highway, and it's the title song of the record. Uh, it's kind of a James Brown meets Cream style wow.
3: vibe.
0: Wow! Yeah, zimba. Uh
3: This one goes to everybody in the Nosferatu craft beer bar. And yeah. Shop.
2: Uh, perhaps uh, with even a small touch of uh, early The Nice, uh, we can. Only imagine if uh, this record was mixed on the legendary Connie Plank mixing board, which merits uh, a whole Europa Rogues episode in on itself. So, uh, of course, this mixing board is legendary because a lot of craft work and a lot of seminal records in a lot of genres that stem from Krautwach were mixed on. Uh, and it was later, the mixing board was later bought by David Allen, who is famous for as the producer for a lot of The Cure records. So right now we're going to hear Nosferatu with the song Highway. Can we say goodbye? Should we say goodbye? I
3: think so. I look at the time.
2: All right. We're going to hear Nosferatu with <coughs> Highway. And afterwards we're going to hear Death Alley with Supernatural Predator.
3: Mm, do you think we'll have the time?
2: <laughs> we'll have the time, at least on the podcast. If we don't have the time, we'd say bye-bye. I was Maxim.
3: I was Martin.
2: And this was Evropa Rogues on Radio Nope.
0: Transmitting the best from the European underground scene. Listen to Europa Rocks every Sunday on Radio NOPE. live from Bulgaria. Visit EuropaRocks.com for extended interviews and more.
5: to the back.